Hello there, this is Fiona, host and main GM for What Am I Rolling, a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast. As you can probably tell, I'm in no fit state to do any kind of introduction. I've just come back from MCM Comic Con, and although I had a wonderful time, I've completely lost my voice, and also I've run out of time to put together the episode that was meant to go out. However, rather than leaving us an empty slot, I thought I would share with you a live recording of one of the panels we did. So this is the live recording of Caution, Character Development Ahead, setting up a tabletop RPG character. We had myself, Hamilton, uh, Hem Brewster from Dark Dice and Blighthouse Studios, and of course, Taylor from the Backwater Bastards. This was a really cool session. What I will say, it is a live recording, so the audio levels may be a bit all over the place. Hopefully you'll find this useful, and again, next time we'll definitely have a proper episode ready and waiting. Thanks again, and I hope you enjoy. Okay, I think... I think we're all here. We're not going to mic this because, as you can see, uh, been blessed. Uh, It's teacher voice time. So, all right. Is anybody in the back? How's the volume for you? Good. Oh, look at that. Absolutely. See, hell yes. There is also like room down here. So if y'all want to come around, Please, we, we don't the mind. Welcome to, yeah. There's a couple cha- Yeah, there's a couple chairs in the front. No one will get roasted here, uh, even though that would be phenomenal character growth for you as a person. <laughs> there's no splash zone at the front either, so you're not going to get wet. Well, so. you know, debatable. Oh, shit. Debatable. <laughs> Um, Depends how loud we get. <laughs> amazing. Welcome to character development. How to absolutely pack your characters full of everything that they need to survive for multiple years and still be interesting. Uh, how to make them happen. Uh, what we've figured out so far, which is not the end all be all, because it turns out you kind of never finish doing this. Yep. It just kind of continues forever until you're dead. And then the character development passes to somebody else. Um, but. I'll be moderating this uh, train of destruction, and I'm Taylor. Uh, We are all working adjacent to or within podcasts. Uh, I'm from the Backwater Bastards podcast, which is a sci-fi comedy show. Uh, And then I'm going to pass it down the line, and you guys can introduce yourselves. Uh, I'm Hem. I'm also known as Volley of Londa. I am the GM of The Lucky Die, which is a D&D, and I'm also Rowena on Dark Dice. Uh, I'm Hamilton. I'm part of a few things. I do the DM's book cover, which is more about talking about D&D. So we just weekly, which I do with Fiona here, and we just look at things in the books and then talk about them. But also, I'm a forever DM. I DM for a thing that's just coming out called Bowie's and Spelljammer, where people play different incarnations of David Bowie as he flies through wild space in search of adamantium and his adamantium ants. And uh, it's a rock opera, and it's a lot of fun. And I also do some Warhammer stuff because I'm a weirdo. But I love it. Uh, Hi, everyone. My name's Fiona, she, her pronouns. Uh, I also run What Am I Rolling, which is a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast where we do lots of different systems and therefore loads of different uh, characters and stuff. Again, mostly a forever GM, but that's okay because I really like that. And, yeah, happy to be here. So we're going to kind of do a weird structure with this. We're going to cut it halfway and then make it interactive so I have heard through the grapevine I know some of you have visited us in our table zone in the side quest area uh, there are questions out here 
And I kind of want to also do a bit of an OC show and tell showcase. Tell us what you're doing. Do you have any questions? What's happening? What have you learned specifically that has helped you with character development? And before we do that, we'll have like the other half of the of the thing. We'll do that. Uh, and I mean, while we're in it, what is the most important thing that you've learned about making characters while you've been doing all these shows and and streaming and podcasting and audio drumming? Can I jump in? Because I, I didn't yeah. mention something I did do before. Is I run a game show, which was a character creation game show called D&D. If anyone came that yesterday evening, relevant. it was That's called Dragon's Duel. That's really. why I'm here, yeah. <laughs> it was a Dragon's Duel last night. We did a show of it. But it used to be on Twitch during lockdown. And so we made crap tons of characters. That was the whole point. The game show is you build characters through so now it. you're really good at it, right? Uh, no. <laughs> but the things I did learn is that, like, throughout, like, in it, because you, you rolled for, we rolled for, like, uh, everything randomly, and everything was just all generated from the chaos of the game, and the stats were all however well you did and all those mm-hmm. things. No matter what you ended up with on the paper, you, as much as that, you can, that can inform so much of it, it actually can be built into anything you want it to be. So I think, like, don't be afraid of what's on that paper sometimes, as I think is a really important thing in terms of, like, the stats and everything like that. It doesn't have to define you, but also if you go down that random roll, wrote, route, it can deliver you through those things some really insane, crazy, crazy wild ideas and just re- and allow you to take your creative energy somewhere else. Instead of coming to it with, like, a preconceived idea, letting those things build up and uh, invent something like from from the roll of a dice or maybe from taking inspiration or something or just finding a, a word or a concept out of nowhere you can you can kind of create something kind of wild and strange which it's also kind of really good as a palette cleanser so yeah. if you've been like playing characters for like a character for a really long time just going like all right i'm going to spend like the next three months playing one shots and making characters very quickly yeah, yeah. on the fly knowing that this that you start to develop new ideas it's the same if you're writing a book the more you digest the more that you can make something new mm-hmm. and yeah like I've had that period of time where I've like I've had one or two very they, they live in here rent free and they always will um, <laughs> but having that refresh of making lots of characters quickly is like yeah. it really helps to make a better character overall in the end yeah. especially in different systems like not just D&D like if you're doing something like Blades in the Dark or if you're going to do a Call of Cthulhu you have a very different mindset if you have all the other characters to pull upon so it's it also makes nice well-rounded characters yeah. I think for me, like the, the sort of the key thing I always go to is I have no original thoughts ever. Uh, when you so run, uh, it is true because like, I run so I run so many games. Uh, I run so many quick starts. So like, I get to a point where I, go, I don't have anything good. When I say good, it's stuff I'm like, oh, I wish I thought of that. I wish I thought of that. So I go and just watch a lot of films, a lot of anime, read lots of books, and I go, oh, that's great. Maybe I'll do do a twist on it. Like the one I always remember is that. Uh, I had a game coming up of, of it was called Liminal and it was all supposed to be like some sort of horror creatures and I was like I don't know I don't know the week before I saw Renfield and I was like I will eat bugs and that was it and it was great I had a great time nobody else did but I had a great time because <laughs> I, it was just taking something and then like doing the twist on it and making it something different I do I, love that it's just it's just something that I always thought was just a little bit easy and it's already out there so there's no problem if you can't think of an original yeah. creation it's something that you can develop over time so I was, I'm very much going like what have I watched recently what have I seen recently and yeah. take that and then use that as my character with my own twist on it Cause, and most of the time the twist is me <laughs> just turning <laughs> up and just saying things and going ah <laughs> hoping for the best you know what though to that point I feel like being able to do that is anything original 
is anything left that we have on Earth? Is it truly original? Mm. Uh, and just being able, maybe it's less about like if it's original or not, and more about are you able to then extrapolate and manipulate that thing to mm. then make something original off of it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because I think that's like one of the funnest ways to build a character. But building a character, do you have like a personal bespoke process? when you're building characters? Or is, it, is there something in that process that's I have important like, for you? Literally none. Um, because every <laughs> system... Panel. Yeah, fantastic. Um, every system and every game or setting is should be completely different. Like, if you want to experience the range of games that are out there, like, you'll do fantasy, you can do sci-fi, futuristic, and the way I make the characters, it can either be... Like uh, in Dark Dice, Rowena was two sentences. She wears thigh high boots and she got kicked out of a guild for sleeping with someone. So that was the entire story I had. And that's a DD character that I have run for many years. I love her. She's very deep and complex. And yet I've had other games where I've looked at the character sheet and gone, all right, I want to play the Avatar of Death. I want to be a Valkyrie. She is going to have a very dark, tragic backstory, and that's how she becomes this ferryman of the dead to the correct places in uh, Valhalla or uh, Freya. And I was like, okay, that's how I'm going to build it. I'm going to look at the stats and see how I can make this concept. And I've also just done Hell Roll, roll it and see what happens. Mm -hmm. um, and they have been my favorite characters because I had four negative stats, one zero and one positive, and it was a one. And it was the most favorite character I've ever played. She was a ridiculous gnome. Um, and that was for a one-shot. So, like, it, it kind of really depends on the mood and what you're looking at. So I've got a player that works with us who takes a very like one sentence idea and his most recent sentence is i am a plant he's literally a plant like he is he's he a parasite and we built that up so he's now a parasite he had a human identity but now he lives only as a plant because his human got murdered i'm like okay that's pretty cool and then he looked at what the structure would be and like oh there's this one ability and there's this one stat here from call of cthulhu and that's how he builds his characters and i've got other players who will just be like I want to be a pirate, and there's literally nothing else I care about. <laughs> yeah. Got a few of those. <laughs> yeah. People love pirates. People love pirates. You've done that before. Yeah. I mean, but I'm actually... I, yeah, I know I have. But I, my, my process is because... And this is probably why I'm more of a GM uh, all the time, but I just write a story. I just get page... I just get my notes out, and I just... I try and envisage like a story they're in that they would have been in and maybe I overcomplicate them and I will lose half of it halfway through but I'll just go through that process like how would how have they come to where they are and uh, it will just flow from that and maybe I'll talk to the try I'll be one of those like good boy GM friend be like hey GM tell me about your world what can I integrate into my character please oh. yeah I know wow. yeah it's exactly. such a suck up <laughs> I know um, but I always find that a fun a fun way but I think something that you've picked up you were saying there and something um, from my non uh, D&D but from my like job I do architecture and I remember when I was learning architecture I was really struggling my first couple of years to like get into it and understand it and there is a point to this and uh, someone <laughs> went to me like um, you know like you're, you're kind of there but you're sort of missing something so you know you've got to kind of bring to it something that if you just like you, architecture be anything you can bring anything you want to, to it if you bring what you love to it you can make cool buildings and that's how you can get your concepts and I think like with a character if you if you can take something like you're saying you, you took something you've watched in a film yeah. or you say like I, I, that your friend wants to be a plant but if you've got something that you're interested in that's like abstracted from the, the game of, of D&D &D or whatever system you're using and you can bring your own personality and like 
something that is wild and fantastic like maybe you love flower arranging or maybe you yeah. love pattern making in real life and you can just add that into your character you're going to get something that is uniquely you but then in a different world but also you're going to take something that's maybe a Morkborg flower arranger I'd love to see what that could be you know like make the make something wild out of it and that's that's something that I, I try and I try and do as an addition like okay I've been all the good GM play like to the friend a friend to the GM and then be like um, I'm really interested in physics so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring that to this one for example or I really love rock music or something yeah I think again like I said from a GM's point of view when I'm suddenly going oh they need a character for this moment I go mad and I go creative so I was gonna I was actually gonna demonstrate here with with a Improv exercise. Yeah. So, Taylor, I need you to come up with a name for a character. Hem, uh, I want you to come up with a, 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 an emotion. And then, Hamilton, I want you to come up with a career. Okay. We'll go down the line, one at a time, and then I will be that character and do a monologue in that character. Oh my gosh, that was... I know, it's crazy, I know. So, what's the name? So, it's Franklin T. Jelly. Franklin T. Jelly, yeah. And Anxious. What's... Anxious. Cat Wrangler. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I don't know where they've gone. Uh, they were just here, and I was just putting them through the through the fields, and then they've just left me here. Oh, don't be angry at me. Maybe I'll get those adventurers, and maybe I'll get them around. Ooh, ooh. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We made one. That's what. But that's the thing. It's, it's ultimately for me. It is like random dice tables, and I just take what that is yeah. and go for it. And sure, that's just a quick uh, NPC that the players will go. Who's this person? We want to come back to them. And I go quick, write their name down. They're, they're anxious. <laughs> it's the cardboard cutout versus the 3D model that you made. You're like, oh yeah. god, guys, no. <laughs> but, I, but I don't mind. I love being put on the spot. That's one thing I love as a GM is being put on the spot to do these sort of things. Uh, and I, it happens all the time when they go, "What's this person's name?" I'm like, "What is their name?" And they go, oh. and I'm like, "Ah, I'm just that's such on a great trick." Yeah, and that, that's a proper improv exercise. You can do it around in a circle with uh, with players and stuff like that. And maybe that's another way to create a character is that you just all create based on that emotion but obviously you don't confer at all and just see where you get from there that's really cool. yeah. I, like that. I like that I've got a question for you guys actually you, you mentioned like GM friend like yeah. friend to the GM what yeah. do you guys find as GMs like as like if my player does this I'm just like yes thank you for giving me to this as a GM give me nothing you want a that blank slate that was my favourite I had some guy come really? up to me and say yeah it was my best one I've ever had which was like he was new to D&D &D and he went I just want to be a ranger why? I mean, for a start, why do we? There's got to be a hot take. In yeah. <laughs> Sorry, uh, but um, and I was like, he's like, I, I don't know. I've never really played before. Just uh, you can't resign. And I was like, okay, cool. So uh, I made him uh, into. Uh, he had no memories. He was, in fact, the clone of a wizard. He was one of 20 clones of a wizard that escaped from the wizard's lair. He'd been keeping them in there. And the wizard was tracking him down. I never told him any of this. I said, yeah, you're just a ranger. You come from a far land. You don't really remember much. You didn't really have much of a life. And then I just kept, like, had all these little... He was a gnome uh, ranger, and I just had these other gnomes, like, following him. Like, and he just said, oh, you've got this gnome following you. You don't know why. <laughs> and it was like, hi, his name was Panhorn. And I goes... And he goes, oh, Panhorn 19, how are you? And he goes, 19? He goes, I'm not 19, I'm like 25. And he goes, no, I'm Panhorn 1. <laughs> and I was like, and that was so much fun. I love that. So yeah, give me nothing and I'll, I'll, I'll do it for you. It is amazing when a player can trust you with that. Because yes. like, yeah. it can also very much flip the other way. Of course. When you make a story for them and they're like, I don't like this. And yes. you're like... Oh boy! That's How do I backtrack all this? That's where safety tools come in. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yes, you're very right. Yeah, because I'm coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. I'm running a uh, cult divinity loss game. So people around the table might not know what that is. It is think of horror, 
worse. <laughs> uh, the, I, I do. I run lots of horror games. I've run the Alien RPG. I've done quite a few other bits and pieces. And I, I got asked to do this because one of the things is I'm very keen on the lines and lines and veils, that sort of thing. Which is, I'm sure everyone here does know it, but just in case you don't, line is something that is just never going. We're never going to cross. It's going to be off the table. It's not going to feature in this game at all. And a veil is something that can be a part of it, but it's just over there. It's not in focus, and we can always just pan across it. So, for example, uh, spiders could be something. So a line means they don't appear at all, but a veil might be, oh, there's cobwebs, or there's, a, you know, there's like dust and, and stuff everywhere, and maybe a skittering sound. Maybe that's it. But I, I agree, because I think once you've got that down, and a player goes, so you know what the parameters to push. Because I'm a person, I love being put on as well, I love being pushed. But I also love knowing what is going to happen and going, oh, there's a bad decision behind that door, and that door needs opening. And you know who's going to open it? Muggins. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think I, for me as a GM, I, I love players who come with five bullet points and nothing else. Because I agree, like I'm sure people will write beautiful backstories and beautiful tales, but it doesn't involve the rest of the people at the table, hmm. and it doesn't necessarily involve our world. So of course, that mishmash and trying to fit people in is really difficult. Uh, one of the games I played recently is Good Society, which is like a Jane Austen yeah. RPG. And we start by creating our major characters, and then we create something called The Connections, which is a character that has influence over that character. So it could be a wayward aunt, a younger sibling, etc. And then somebody else plays them at the table. And so instantly, you can have these connections with other people that are playing people that you've made, but they, they, you don't have a, have a conversation with yourself. And it, it's so delicious because people go... I want, I want to be in that scene as the younger sister and I've, uh, I've been found with this other person. Oh, no, we have to get married now. And you're like, oh, you know, so it's just yeah. creating those dynamics. And that's through group creation as well. So I'm a massive fan of group collaborate and just knowing where the story is for everyone and so that we can really enjoy it and that I can surprise them without scaring them. And there's a lot of different tools for character creation. Um, we used one recently. Yes, we did. Yeah. Uh, do I've you got, have I, it? I do. Oh, it's, it's crazy you bring that up. Oh, <laughs> no, but we're talking about like chaos injection. It's like I got these. I found something called Better Backstories. It's like a it's like a big bundle, but it's a bundle of like weird cards that have like just random concepts and things, and you just shuffle them up and you pick one out. I'll pick one out randomly. But, has anybody uh, ever used this? Has anyone ever used this and seen this? It is cool. It's kind of cool. So it like it, there's loads more like things. Every single uh, like mark on the back can mean something else. I won't go through all of them, but like I pick up this and it's like glitch uh, technology always seems to malfunction around you from scissors to mainframes the darn things just won't work right and you're just going to add that to your character um, but we did it for our Mortborg game that we played earlier on, on the stage down there and it was like because we were trying to make some characters pretty quick for this game yeah. and uh, we pulled out um pet for one of them and we turned we just made it okay you have a pet and then someone pulled out that they were like uh, cursed and I was like well maybe you were cursed to to be their pet. <laughs> and that's how that came out. <laughs> and then and then someone had and then the third person, Chloe, uh, Chloe over there. Chloe and Will. Uh, there they are. Chloe's all Will's the pet. Uh, you, yeah, uh, you were there. Was, uh, had a prophecy and a premonition, and they had the premonition of this curse and witnessed this pet being transformed into it. And it was like how we made this weird little group dynamic of um, Suddenly everybody is connected. Yeah. And just by these random little cards. Like five minutes. Yeah, exactly. You pull the cards. You see what you get, yeah. and then it's like, how could these actually be about the people here? Yeah. Like, you're cursed, but what do they have to do with it? Yeah. And yeah. you're a pet, but why does that matter to them? 
Mm. You have a pet? Is there a pet? Whose pet? What happened to the pet? Is it because of what they saw in the prophecy? Like, and all of a sudden, you have these tools because you've been forced to randomize outside of your own mind. Yeah. Which is kind of like the gift of what dice are doing for you when you're playing, like, improvisational tabletop gaming, right? Mm. Like, you are going to do this by yourself. You're going to improvise yourself through the thing. Mm. But then if you are now forced to make, you know, something bad has happened to you, and you didn't have that in your plan, but, you know, now what do you do? And the creative problem-solving out of that, I think, like, this is almost like the dice of... You know. Well, we did it for your other character you made with me, Booty Katorian, if you remember that. And oh, we used yeah. these for this, and you had to have, you got symbiote. Yeah. So you had oh, a symbiotic God. relationship with a fish. And that fish, because we also had like lucky charm, and so we said, oh, you stole this fish from one of those wishing wells where you chuck the pound coins yep. in to like get a wish. And we thought, well, that's your lucky charm, but you had like a symbiotic relationship with that, and it gave you yeah. luck points. Well, and that was go. another added thing that we did. And I, just using those cards, they're really good fun for that. And I think we've got a mic back here. Oh my gosh. Oh. I know. Look at that. Is it? Oh, I have one too. It's here. It's here. Oh, we got two. Oh, look at that. Beep up. This oh. works. Okay. <laughs> so, what we're going to do is, I think it, we should open it up. Yeah. And, I like, there's a couple different things that can happen here. Some of you have OCs that you want to talk about. Some of you might have a character development tip of your own. Some of you, I think, if this is real, <laughs> from the table, might have a question about, you know, how do I keep my character fresh over time? Uh, what do I do if, etc. Who's got one? I'm going to be walking through. Don't leave me hang. There's one right, right at the back. Right at the back. Yeah. Right at the back. Look at this. I'm going to get my steps in today. Look at this. So I'm normally a forever damage master, and my friends taken me through the Lost Minds of Dundelver. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to be um, the most edgy character I can be. Uh, so I created a Kenku rogue called uh, Kosher, which is a Jewish word for darkness. Um, and its backstory is just, uh, it had a, it's evil as well, um, but it's like a, a, a relative evil to keep it with the party and that makes it useful. Um, so it's taken along with my um, party to, to be part of it. It's just this child, Kenku, where, who has a thing for knives. And the reason why he did it was because he was abused by his lord in Neverwinter, who dealt in antiques, which is how uh, this rogue Kenku figured out um, uh, the value of antiquities and anything useful. And more importantly, how to steal them from the rich and give them to the poor, or itself in its pockets, including its party members. <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. Love that. Nice. Snap, snap, snap. I feel the Stephanie Moore bird. There's some yeah. people down at the front. I see some people out there look like they got OCs. Come on. <laughs> All right, we got one up at the front. Is it just me, or do I want to sing the theme tune to the OC note now? No. <laughs> um, my question is, is how do you make a novelty PC feel uh, complicated and full of depth over time? Give them family and friends. Because there's always a story about how you meet someone, even if they're like your family long lost. There's always stories that you've had with family members and friends. How did you meet them? Where did you meet them? 
and you asked that question. I met them at school. I met them while working this job. I ran into them under a bridge with a troll. Like, there's all sorts of weird things that can help build your character, and it gives them experiences. Mm. So, like, to give them, like, a feeling that they are more layered than they are. Like, yeah, at one point they gave money to a homeless person, and that mm. person became a friend. Like, it's a really quick and easy way, especially if you're doing, like, one-shots or something, to be like, hey, here's a random character, here's a novel thing. Give them friends and family. You don't also don't have to kill them, um, by the way. As a, <laughs> as, as a GM, no, I honestly yeah. hate it when I get like I get like like the lucky die. Every single one of my main characters came to me with dead partners. I'm like, I'm going to kill all of you. Um, so I was like, they're not dead. You didn't actually see that happen. This person I'm going to bring back to life anyway, and this one's going to become a goddess. So like, we're not dealing with this, guys. Like, I refuse. Yeah. So give us live people or give them question mark dead because that gives many many plot points potentially to your GM to give you emotional encounters if that's what you want yeah. I can't remember if it's Tales from the Loop or another RPG oh, I love Tales from the Loop it's so it's good whatever uh, when you're creating a character you can get uh, obviously you know tragic backstory etc but if you do positive backstory you gain extra things yep yeah, so that's the thing. I think I, I agree with you, like having family and friends. But I think, like I, for me, your, your question, I instantly think of Jerry from Parks and Rec. Everyone sort of, you know, dumps on Jerry. Like, oh, Jerry, you're such an idiot. Blah, blah, blah. And then he's like a very successful, nice guy, mm. has three grown-up daughters who are all very successful. So I just think the, the, the kookiness or the quirkiness, that's great. But you could also just be a very normal person and everyone around you is the weird people. <laughs> so I think it's, it's about flipping out. But I do think it's hard over time. Mm. It's going to be what you enjoy about it. Because this is the thing. It's like if you're bringing that character over and over and you know Clopsy in the first session amazing and then at the end like level 20 it's like oh Clopsy so Clopsy we can't leave you he goes you must yeah. please <laughs> save the village and because you've named it Clopsy that's fine I think it's just it's about your commitment to it and if it feels like the bit is going to be a cringe yeah. eventually you're probably not going to want to stay with it no. but maybe that's a character development yeah. well that's the thing isn't it it's just like I see that as like Clopsy starts out this bright eyed adventurer wonderlust and you can just Break them down until they're nothing. <laughs> over with kindness. With kindness. With kindness. <laughs> no, but also like, well, why? What is that novelty hiding? You know, why are they so happy? That reminds me That's... a lot of uh, the Looking for Group comic. We have uh, KL comes out like, ah, oh, my life is amazing. By the end, he's like, oh, everything's terrible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fine. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Good job. 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 <laughs> Hi, um, so this is more of a bit of a advice thing from, from something I've experienced. Yeah, so I'm uh, part of an international D&D server called Vixens and Villains, and I have several characters that are beyond epic. So I've got a level 29 rogue Whoa. and a level 25 life cleric. And I have a character that's part of a pirate campaign. And just to give some concept of, because I've had these, been playing these characters yeah. for five years, nice. um, just to how I keep them interesting, I, and, and, and I build my characters with loads and loads of faults, and I, and I, I never get to, I love my characters, but I'm like, I want to see them burn in the fire, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I think what my, my uh, cleric, uh, she was convinced that she can convert um, fiends into the light of Lathander and uh, she ended up having tea and coffee with Tiamat and then her god got corrupted and that was a whole story arc. Uh, the, the, the level 29 rogue 
she fell in love with a vampire and then had to split her soul because she made a devil contract contract and revealed the name and then the on the server that we were there was um the gates to hell got open it spied off like a bunch of um like combats that were devil based and uh the pirate campaign that I was in, it was a whole arc of, she was a uh, fallen, she was a light asthma that got corrupted to a demon and then she went backwards the other way and found her like long lost mother and things like that. Um, but some, that was just a bit of context. Yep. But going back to, to it, um, the part of the server, and I don't know if this is necessarily applicable for everyone, mm -hmm. but what kept those characters going along is role play outside of the table. We had a, a, a D, D server on Discord, and I could have conversations with player characters. We had a bunch of head DMs, but like, having keeping the dialogue going. Mm, so what cool. you're doing in downtime if you can like create some sort of like hearty server with your group or some sort of discord and have like conversation outside mm. of the table with yeah. characters and that can really build up your characters. So a lot of the reason why those things happen is because of stuff that happened off the table. That's so cool. I like that a lot. One of my favourite things is literally sitting back and watching our players talk together. Oh, that's the best. Oh, like, it's the best bit. Yeah, oh. I literally... One, yeah. first of all, it's amazing watching random characters they've made interact with each other and have, like, a genuine connection. Yeah. And also, my prep goes, like, so much longer when they talk for, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, I've got the next session, guys, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. But, yeah, like... I, I highly encourage all players just to talk as much as they can in character yeah. and it's a little bit different when you're at home game and there's like six of you around the table because it's a little odd to have like we are only going to focus on these two to one side so having them like as an off uh, table conversation mm. is a fantastic mm. idea I, I used to know someone uh, in, in, who would write all of his notes for whatever system from the perspective of his character mm. so it's what his character remembered yeah. which is a great shout but obviously you're like oh what happened last session well I think I remember <laughs> this isn't I was like yeah, what happened to me like, I don't know what you I no wasn't idea. there with you you know so I quite like that as a way to keep connected to your character mm. for sure no I love that idea. Mm, that is so spicy mm. how, how do you keep characters fresh what's the longest you play the character yeah, you me yeah, yeah. Oh. well similar uh, or so anybody anybody no, no, it's me. <laughs> You've got the longest. We're talking about you now. Uh, yeah, so similar. Uh, I've never got to the high, sort of level uh, 29, I think you said. Uh, so I got to it. I mean, fair enough, fair enough. I, uh, I got to level 20. We did a, a five-year campaign as well, like a homebrew one. And, yeah, it was mostly off... Uh, we recorded it a little bit as one does in person and then something called the pandemic I don't know if anyone played that it's game not. or yeah, yeah. Uh, then we had to go online and then the final game we managed the the GM came in person so that was five years all the way from level one to twenty of just a pure barbarian because they're brilliant and they're just me um, but we were all there I had my little worksheet out and I was like okay this happens this happens and we had a twenty hour uh, not twenty twelve hour game and it just got to that point it was epic but we had a heartbreak at the last moment and our wheel burst into tears for the last hour and it was just it was just because everything had concluded and it was that closure we had because I think I remember talking to you about it when sessions were cancelled like, we're so close to the end Hamilton we were so close you're like Fiona okay god I don't know anything about your character well I did by the end of it by the end of it you did but it, it was just yeah. a way that I mean, it's very privileged to be able to play such a long game. We did every Monday for five years, and you know, on and off, missed a handful of sessions. 
But from that, we gained so much, not in terms of just playing characters. You know, characters die, they come back, all that sort of thing. But it was just such a moment. So when we finally finished, we knew it was ended and not left on a, on a thing. So that's the thing for me, is that no matter how long it is, where it's five years, where it's a one-shot, as long as you're happy with what, yeah. how the story ended for your character, that's all that matters. Or even if you're like, it's ended for now, I can't wait for the next session. Yeah. That's what it should be, is for either of those two states. I love that. Oh, that, oh, yeah, oh, wait, okay, okay. Okay. You're going on spatially, I'm sweeping. Um, as somebody who quite a lot, PCs and like keeping them kind of narratives quite simple because you can kind of hide their goals and their aspirations and things. How do you keep a player character true to what you created and want to continue to be their path? Because more often than not, they tend to mould and like changes you played them so what's a good tip kind of as a player character mm. being able to keep your character true to how you created them there's a lot of, I think there's a good I think having a, a, a cheat sheet of your ideals is a, and like, those sort of things and, and I, I like I, I'm, one of the ones I played a bit when I was younger uh, a lot younger was Planescape and something I liked in that it had a belief system in it and um and I, I, I kind of keep that in my mind as well. It's just, and it doesn't. It, in Planescape, it's very much related to like your re- belief in what the multiverse is. But I kind of like that as a way of just like, what, what do they, what do they believe in? What is those things? And having that on there. And I, I'm, uh, you know, when I'm playing in home games, I can, I find myself falling into my characters myself. My personality becomes too much. So I try and, I always try and remind myself that this person isn't me. And I try and have those because I know I can easily do that and try and remind them that they're maybe not as uh, outspoken as I am if they're going to be that sort of character and try and try and keep those personality traits like written down and also being kind of aware as you are going through it like are they you know when things happen to them because this is the, you know the thing is we're talking about backstories but a lot of it is going to be what you're going to be playing through and trying to figure out like yeah really how would they react to this and would this change them like is this the sort of thing that would cause them to change is this the time you're you're slightly evil rogue is 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 going to save save the orphan and not not take the money or, or are they still going to stay true to form you know like or whatever that sort of moment is and i think giving yourself uh, the opportunity and the time in a game as well like you've got the time nothing has to be rushed and, and give yourself that moment to reflect on things or after a game even you know i think gms are, are you know well i would always be if you want to go back and say hey i, I, I want to yeah. you know come back on that and actually i think they would have done this differently and being free and having a, having conversations like that with your gm as well out of, out of, out of turn and out of combat I'm normally the GM but if you're the GM like, but saying like PCs are easy but well, I get that yeah. character I find it yeah. You end up falling into your character. Yeah, yeah. And it's really easy to do if there's a lot of table talk and there's like yeah. lots of time between combat rounds looking at you majors. Um, yeah. So like there's there's a lot of like you fall into that, but I have the like one red thread rule, which is like this is one thing about my character that will never change. Yeah. Like yeah. I had a psychopath and she rarely ever spoke. She had one syllable words and it wasn't because she was antisocial, it wasn't because she didn't like people. She just didn't talk so her actions spoke louder than her words which is really difficult because I talk a lot Um, (laughs) so that was the one thing that never changed and as you were saying occasionally there are moments that might change that yeah and that is also a character development and that is okay for that to happen like it is okay if like yeah the one rule is they only use one syllable words and they don't speak often but in this one situation they had to change for x y and z what is that reason and then afterwards, slowly that can develop over time into something else because 
if your characters and you want them to feel a bit more real, um, we change. I'm a completely different person to the person I was 10 years ago. Like, mm. I'm here in front of all of you. This would terrify me and I'd be on the other side of that door. I'd never be here. So, yeah, people change. And I think it's okay for characters to change. And I have one red thread. You have a bunch of uh, lines that you write down, yeah. like, this is important things. And I think little reminders here and there or having, like, one ideal really helps to, like, keep that character focused on who they are. For me, I think, just to quickly, because I, I really love this question... Um, there's a thing in improv that there are no mistakes. What meant to happen happens, and so even if you if the character slips up and does something that's not in character, I think it's still in character. It's still a decision they made. It's the consequences of what happens after it. So yes, there may be the paladin that has these strict tenets that they follow, and they make a mistake. That's the reason they make the mistake is more important than trying to get and maybe the journey mm. back to it. <laughs> so I do think like uh, it's. All, your, all the actions you do in a session were meant to happen. And it's okay to talk to the GM and say, oh, I'm, I think I'm mucked up. I think, that, I think that's important, always being open with your GM and saying stuff like that. Doing a redo, I think that's a very extreme option. I think just go with it and see where it leads. There's no, I think like, we've kind of already sort of danced around it, but you know, characters change, etc. But I think if something happens, you're like, interesting. But I will say, the extreme version of that is, oh, this is what my character would do, which is a terrible line. <laughs> no one should ever say that as a justification for anything. And I appreciate that. Is it, it goes into that territory. But, um, but yeah, I think anything you do was meant to happen, and you just have to embrace it. Uh, and then if you're, un- but if you're uncomfortable with the result, that's when you... That's when you, you can backpedal and change. Yeah, exactly. Because it's yeah. also like you often have in backstories, like, and they did this one thing by accident, they made a mistake. This is that in real time. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it yeah, is, that. it's yeah. a backstory for another day. Mm. <laughs> I like that. Snaps. Snaps for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good. What a weird poetry session this is. <laughs> um, hi, so um, I started. During the pandemic, I started joining uh, D&D online, which was a big shit, and I usually get kind of anxious when I'm talking too loudly in front of people. So I started as a coping mechanism for my character, it's like making like Pinterest boards of like just emotion, mood, stuff like this that I would have opened on my computer just to when me, myself, the player, was feeling anxious, I could see, I don't care, this is who I'm playing, this is fine. And that worked really well, and my character, well, that campaign ended really badly because the GM decided just to quit. Mm-hmm. But I love my character, so I kind of asked the, uh, my friend who was starting a new game, hey, do you mind if I recycle it? And he was like, go for it, that's great. And I'm a, like, I realized that I was more of a visual player, mm-hmm. so I started doing some sketches, like be- before sessions, or even like if I had like a really good session like a few weeks back, I would do some sketch, like a snapshot of what happened before, just to get me back into it. Yeah, and, and I kept a journal, like my notes, literally like my character's diary. So if I did a level up, that's where I would write everything up or like do like session recap and stuff like this and literally was in her voice. So if it was like a really bad crappy session, I would actually maybe take out my watercolor and do like a big black slosh and say like, didn't go well. And if I had to, oh, do you remember what happened then? Nope. <laughs> I just blanked it out. <laughs> and it went really well with both like keeping my character fresh because it was like more like, you know, kind of like me, kind of a mix of the two, if it makes any sense. But it was pretty nice. And when I actually, finally, like six months after we started, I met my gym in your life. Aww. And I showed him, oh, by the way, this is my campaign journal. And he was like, 
I'm going to steal that. That's <laughs> amazing. That's, that's gorgeous. That is really yes, that's that's that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I, I always used to... I'll, I'll just quickly, as you're to cover for you, that I remember when we used to play in person, every week I'd go from work to the thing and I would write something, like a little monologue that I would say at some point in the session. Um, I, I never came up except for one time, and it's when I died, and I was like, oh, well, I'm going to read this out as a letter to my players, and I have it here, and they were like, yeah, and so I, yeah, but taking that emotion yeah. and putting it somewhere, I used to do that before every session, and that was and really... It's also not only great as a, a character building to do something like that and have, like, memories of, like, what happened last time and put yourself back in the state, but as a GM... Honestly, it's incredible when someone says, I remember what happened last session. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I yeah, cannot like... tell you how much my heart sinks, but uh. my face keeps on smiling when someone says they don't remember. Um, <laughs> just maybe maybe lie. Maybe you say you vaguely remember something. Give me some hope, guys. Quick, <laughs> quick story on that. So I've been running Curse of Strahd, which everyone obviously knows. Um, someone suggested to me, why don't you give them a shared notion to put all their notes in? And uh, for the first session, we, I, you know, did all the scary things. I'm like, oh, they don't look like they're interested at all. I don't know. It's because all of them were desperately getting into the notion, writing every word I said down. Because <laughs> they were terrified they would lose it. And each other session, I know it's a meme somewhere, um, someone has, they've named each session, mm-hmm. and they've started putting memes in the session notes. Oh, my gosh. So yes. I, I go back and go, oh, so this is what they remember. Excellent. And then I'll get them to do the recap as well. Yes. So screaming memes. Lots of screaming memes. Yeah. Lots yeah. of, like, yeah. what is this? Yeah. Capitalization. So, yeah. Amazing. Anyway. Uh, hi. Um, I'm also for Elodium. Hooray! I was uh, invited once on a very short notice to a D&D game. Someone in the morning said, hey, we're having a D&D game in the evening. We need another player. I'm like, oh, crap. And I called up a friend, and he was like, I was like, uh, how do I create a character? I have no clue. And he was like, yeah, I could be my uh, playlist technique. So if anyone really likes music, this is a really cool technique I wanted to share. Just randomly click through your um, playlist and then go by, okay, the first song is uh, the name, the next song is the occupation, the next song is... Uh, oh, I the love that. Yeah. Stolen. I really love her. She was uh, an artist and uh, a warlock. And she found like uh, a turret bottle with a genie inside that was randomly <laughs> in her, um, what's it called, it's like artist? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, the, uh, the genie was like, hey, um, yeah, I need you to find with and then does that and do the one shot. And uh, yeah, so if anyone likes to use that, feel free to. I thought I might share it. That's cracking. Pocketed. Yeah, yeah that's pocketed that. That's, 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 that's great. What's your name? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I also know that Chloe uses playlists to make playlists for your characters, don't you? You make an actual musical playlist because you, you've worked, you've been on my shows and done games with me, and you send me the playlist. They've got awesome music in them, yeah. but it's a good way to get in the vibe. I like that. Yeah. Hi, um, I'm a fairly new player. I've just been playing for about six months. Welcome. Okay. Uh, but I'm loving it so far, and one of the things that I really wanted to bring into the session, um, we do have a motion page as well. Uh, to centralize everything, but uh, we also done a collective um, challenge, a character development challenge. So we have a couple of playlists for each character uh, that are accessible, um, and also what other characters in media um, would uh, have similar traits or yes. uh, features uh, with the character, oh, cool. the characters we've created. Um, as opposed to the question is, um, do you have any similar? character development challenges you've seen players do collectively or any challenges that you've done yourself. 
Uh, similar, uh, pretty much what you've covered. I ran, I, I run lots of streams for a, a network called Girls Run These Worlds, which features sort of femme presenting folks around the table and tell stories that we want to tell, which is highly, I highly recommend checking out of Girls Run These Worlds. I didn't think I'd be plugging them today, but I'll do that. Um, <laughs> but I run Alien, the Alien RPG, which you can also get at the Free League stand downstairs. Uh, get that sponsorship in. Um, <laughs> but with those scenarios, you get pre-gens. And I, I'm not someone who, like, obviously for my own character, but I don't really think about the person. Like, here's a pre-gen, don't worry, it's a new system, etc. And one person took their pre-gen, came back to me with a Pinterest board, their music, uh, uh, and, and made a character, which, for me, it was, it's the second scenario, which is all about Marines. It's basically the Aliens film. And they brought such a softer side to... Marines, which is obviously like, well, they're supposed to be like, yeah, 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 aliens, whatever. But it was so touching, and like towards the end, there was a moment where they they were going to die, and I was like, I can't have you die. The aliens come, you have to do something. No, I I stay there, I I take my friend who I have this relationship with, and they built all that on top of what I gave them. So that's why I think I think no. So just pretty, pretty much agree with you. Even if you've made that character stuff or you're using pre-gens, if you really want to get into a system, whether you are streaming, whether it's just you're trying to try something out and you just want to make that connection, taking the time to do something like that and just, like like you said, picking out those archetypes or something like that, that's really cool. And, yeah, I mean, I I can't really compare it to anything that I've done personally, but I think that's such a cool idea and it's something that I'd love to definitely try whenever, again, forever DM, whenever I next get to play. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All of our our players, um, when we start or have new characters... Um, we asked them to do like two things for kind of more production reasons than character reasons but it kind of helps them make their characters we asked them to make a playlist for music and that is for them to figure out headspaces moods ideas make links and also to allow our editor to make music themes for them so we can have that playing whenever that works for them and have that under important moments and also to make yeah like a pinterest board or an art board so that we can see what kind of artistic styles works for them and that really helps them to like figure out what they look like because we don't use maps and minis we use everything theatre of the mind so it helps them to build that idea and it helps me too because I know what I'm looking at if I see like a bunch of plants and I see a little cactus man I'm like right that's Neil that's my cactus boy that's my plant boy so I know what I'm looking at when I'm looking at those sorts of things and listening to the music that they provide really helps me to make a story for them and it's really good to like help flesh out characters yeah I like uh I dabble in doing art and I like to do dabbled, dabbled did, you not, did you draw all the artwork for Bowie's and Spelljammer yes I did yeah. <laughs> dabble yes. I do art I do art no but I like to d- draw the characters my players are playing as much as possible I like to do that if I can and I used to use it there's a really, if you're not a drawer there's a really good app that we used for Dragon's Jewel when we were trying to like if you want to start visualising it's called Reroll. it's yes. an app and you can like make pixelated versions of characters it's actually pretty pretty cool but um, I think getting a visual of your character and like if, if you're you can draw stick people or you can just find an image online and giving that that gives them that makes them more real and it um, yeah it kind of uh, you know, it's something to really like hang on to in terms of visualising things I yeah. think that's a really good one totally mm-hmm. yeah, uh, thank you actually for raising that I've been for the past couple of weeks uh, I know this is quite controversial in the artist uh, community but I've been using Dali uh, oh, yeah. to generate uh, my character mm-hmm. name iterated on it so many times. Mm-hmm. We took a break for about three weeks from playing, um, but spent over these three weeks just... Yeah. It generated some wild stuff I would never even consider for my character, and it prompted me to incorporate a lot of the things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might be something that 
can be uh, quite helpful if yeah. you have a break for a couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, it's good. Idea. And I'll bet we could do like two more. I'm gonna go to this side because I'm Terry. Hi, um, I've got a, a question and then I'll say. Okay, all right, let's go through. My OC is actually one that is completely out of the box. I had to homebrew it in the end. I am a penguin. Yes, <laughs> love it. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Um, didn't find out until after I started doing it exactly where it's now set. So I'm a penguin with set in the Tyranny of Dragons. Cool. Area. Yes. Yes. Mm. But I'm a penguin um, ranger with a pet polar bear. Stayed up. <laughs> she mentioned rangers. I know. <laughs> yeah. But the idea is because technically in D&D, penguins are only classed as pets. Yeah. Because yeah. my owners have gone missing, they've been kidnapped, I do not know anything else about this now. That is all on my DM. Yeah. <laughs> Prize in science. <anxiety. laughs> <laughs> Gotta deal with this one. <laughs> That's awesome. Though. That's really cool. cool. I love yeah. that. The question is, I am trying to stop these guys DMing and actually get them to play. Because right. our way of doing it is every other week, one of them would DM. Oh, right. cool. I'm now trying my hand at DMing. Mm. What's the best way of like doing like your first ever campaign? Mm. Uh, are you thinking a campaign or a one shot? I've done little one-shots. I'm actually going to be starting in Strixhaven. Okay. Yeah. Is it a... a, Sorry, I'm like, I'm terrible at D&D. I've now run a D&D podcast. I'm awful at it. Um, Is it a a pre-generated module? Uh, Yes. Okay. Um, First of all, don't worry hugely about the rules because you have GMs at your table. Yeah. I think the idea that the GM should know every single rule and every single class thing is absolutely ludicrous, mm-hmm. especially with the amount of homebrew that people bring. Yeah. You have people at the table who are on your side, right? Yes. Good. Right. <laughs> they will help. We'll find you. We'll turn up as other penguins. Yeah. Yeah, don't mess with the penguin. We got you, yeah. Um, but, like, don't stress massively hard about the rules. You have people who will help you. Mm. And if, like, you get a weird little rule wrong, roll with it. Or mm. say, for this one instance, it's going to be this. And then just read through and absorb what you want of the story. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to know off the top of your head exactly what this one character in this weird place has for breakfast every day. Don't worry about it. Read through it. And if it's easier for you to say it in your own voice rather than what's written as the module, Mm. say it as your own voice. Because the one thing about modules that I I don't enjoy as a player is having my GM read something that's not in their voice. Um, You can can bullet point it. Like, if it makes it easier. um, Read through it. Find things that you find interesting. And go with that. Mm. Like... Do not stress the big stuff, especially as your first like um, first go round. If you're a little bit nervous or uncomfortable, just go through it, find the things you like, and roll with it. And you have people who are there to help you. It's a group game. It is not you're responsible for everyone's happiness. You're all responsible for okay. everyone's happiness. So chill, and you've got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think the only thing I'd add on to that is because uh, I've only started doing my long first long campaign recently. I've, I'm queen of one shots and horror. Uh, <laughs> together, I am a god. Uh, <laughs> but um, I always set like a limit and then check in because yeah. like and so if you know, okay, the next six sessions I'm going to run this story in strict that I know it does it in the years as well. So you're like, we'll do the first year. That could be between six to eight sessions. And as long as you check in with your players, like, are we enjoying, etc., and then finish it at a at a high point within those sessions, 
then you know you can decide okay we'll take a break we'll go we'll switch around etc because I think there's nothing scarier I think as a GM to have like oh, I don't know where it's going I don't know if it's going to end and we, like we've already said you've got GMs that you've had, but we know how to help and like you know if you're like here is an obvious door I need you to go through it if they don't go through it you go ah oh, drop ship everyone dies that's what happened to my campaign <laughs> rocks I just moved the door oh behind them yeah no, you just move it to a different place like you have two options left or right and yeah. you know what's right is really boring and mundane so long as you're able to hide it because nobody knows what's on the other side of the screen except you Mm -hmm. so if you need it to be moved to make it fun or interesting or you know one of your characters deliberately wants to stay in the pub move the plot point to the pub yeah like they don't know what's behind the screen only you do unless you've read the modules in which case yeah exactly yeah (laughs) don't really can I have one can I have one thing that I'm going to steal from Okay. It's also from Fiona that you do in your campaigns, and I, I need adding that in, which is um, you have your um, oh foundries, foundries, oh, yes, because yeah. we talked about lines and veils as like boundaries in the game, but foundries, uh, well, you could describe them because it's oh, something thank you, you, you shared with me. Smooth, so, um, <laughs> I like it. Um, so obviously boundaries, and this is for everyone. So obviously boundaries and safety tools and stuff like that, they're really important, but they do suck the energy out of the room. We've all been there. We go, oh, I don't want to hurt anyone. Of course, I would never say any of these terrible things, and it kind of just like oh, we're about to start a really good game. So my improv teacher, Katie Shute, who got it from some other improv thing, I'd go check out her book, that's another thing I'm plugging today. Um, Foundries is something that makes you excited as a player at the table, something that brings you joy. So for me, as a GM, I love being put on the spot. I love being given these things and they go, you now sort it out. And I go, okay, here's a solution. And just going with that and just seeing where the chaos Mm -hmm. runs with that. Uh, Foundries could be something as simple as uh, I want to have a character monologue at some point. Uh, I want everyone to shine. I want to use my cool powers as a monk. Um, to I like the, puzzles. I, I like puzzles. Yeah. I'd like to see a puzzle. So I've, I've been in games where they've gone, my foundry is puns. And I've gone, that is on you, my friend. I am not going <laughs> to force it. Uh, people, sometimes people like to be able to sing, etc. And all it is is that you say all these things at the beginning of the session, and then, you, and then if organically you're like, this is a moment where I can make this other player shine, we can yeah. work towards it. And I just think that just means that everyone's looking out for each other to make each other enjoy the game. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's the same with improv scenes as well. So yeah, boundaries, important. Boundaries, also important. Yeah. So. Thanks, mate. Sorry. <laughs> I got you. I saw a hand up. You have a little bathroom? You're not allowed yet. <laughs> I was just going to add stars and wishes mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, I think we talk a lot about, you know... Uh, how am I not doing my character right, or should my character be doing this, or should my character be doing that? And I think that it's so. Stars and wishes is at the end of the session. You say stars. These were these were standout moments for me. These are moments for me that I thought were really good. I thought you did a really good job there. I really like the way that you did that. And then wishes is basically like foundries, but on a session basis. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I wish that we had more time for this, or I wish that I'd had a chance to do this. And then we we give everyone else at the table a chance to give our character power or give our character opportunities mm-hmm. um, for the things that we're looking for. Yeah. And we reward good good behaviour. And the GM's not left thinking, was that session any good? Which I think happens yeah. very often. Yeah. You know, you enjoy it, but we don't, we're not always that great at saying how much we enjoyed each other's play or yeah. how much we enjoyed the GM's GMing. So I, I, we have the uh, thank you rule. Um, a friend of mine that I was playing with, he realised for years that he was a dick. Because at the end of every session, I would turn around and say, thank you guys so much for playing with me. Like, as a GM, like, you guys have done, I'm not going to lie, about 20% of the work to make this super, super fun. Yeah. And I've done a lot of the other stuff, but I wouldn't do it without you guys. Like, 
uh, we're looking at season two, but I'm not going to do it for the rest of my play without all of my players because I love all of them. Like they are my friends, they are my people, um, and I always thank them for spending the time with me to play the game and for being super patient with me when I don't care about the rules mm. <laughs> or when we have to spend like an hour with a character because podcasts slightly different home games we can take two hours out and have like one-on-one sessions and not worry about it so i always thank them and my friend realized he never thanked me as a gm ever he was just like yeah i did great didn't i get in my car and i drive him home like (laughs) but yeah he realized after a while like she'd probably be thanking not just me as a gm but everybody else at the table too especially we had a really good time and saying thank you but you were amazing at this oh my god because it's about lifting each other up and giving you spaces to oh i know that character has an issue with this one weird person i'm gonna set them in a place where they get to have power and shine in that scene so it's it's really is a collaborative thing, not just with you and the GM, but with the other players too. The only thing I wanted to add about stars and bushes, because that's something I use as well, is that you can give stars to yourself. Because let me tell you, there's nothing worse going. I had a good time. Oh God, I can't. Uh, stars for everyone, and you're like can't think of a specific thing, and then other people go around the table and go, oh yes, I star for that. So you can say, I did really good. I did my mission. I did that. My stars are like my star is always like all my players made it to the session hooray <laughs> uh, you were all here yep. so yeah so you're, all, you're okay to do those I, and I think for GMs as well always start with yourself self doing the stars and wishes and then end with yourself as well so you get to go twice just so that <laughs> you can catch other people because mm-hmm. they'll say something like yes that was great because that led to this moment etc because obviously yeah. your, bra- your brain is, <laughs> is in uh, sh- powering down mode at that point <laughs> yep. so, yeah. the, uh, the, the sugar crash is happening as it went on guys exactly <laughs> coming here and spending time with us and doing this and sharing your OCs and your questions and all your thoughts. Uh, This never ends. It keeps going. Uh, (laughs) Podcasts keep going, everything. These people will be down in the side quest zone at their respective tables. Uh, And so if you didn't get to ask your question or if you would like to just come talk to us about your OC or your own character tips, because God knows we need them, just we keep cranking out content and the characters need to keep cranking out as well. Please visit. We'll be there until the end of the day, which I think is like 8 p.m. now. What is going on? And that's it. That's the end. Go Thank out you, there. Taylor. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you, Taylor. Yeah.